Hi there, it's Vic Francis here from Shaw Vineyard Church. I'm so glad that you were able to join us today for our latest Fano podcast. All of September at church, we're going to be looking at aspects of celebrating family and in its biggest sense, just what Fano is. So we hope you'll join us week by week. And if you miss one, you can catch up either on this podcast or on our website, svc.org.nz. Right now, though, here is the latest of our series, and I do hope you'll enjoy it. So I'm going to start out by being a real pain because we're going to speak on togetherness today and you can't do togetherness when you can't reach each other. So I want you guys to come somewhere into the middle, preferably ungraciously and trample over some people on the way. Um, And if you can see that they have um, a coat or something which is creating a barrier, look at them like it's the last seat on the bus and um, they don't really want you there, but you're looking at them, and I want to sit, and I don't want to stand. So let's keep pushing in. And I want some of you guys just to push a little bit this way. We've got some spare seats here, so keep moving into the middle. Come on, we just need a little bit of activity. So we need to, we need to feel so. And I want you guys to come over here as well. Don't think that you weren't going to do it. And maybe the back row could come forward, because there's some people in here. Come on, the back row can come forward. And the back couch can come forward a little bit. Sorry, guys, I know you thought that I wouldn't see you. Because how can you talk about togetherness and be completely apart? We seem a bit um, quiet this morning anyway, so we need to huddle together a little bit. So can you, can you, can you smell the person closest to you? That might be a good sign how we're going today. Can you... Could you reach over in an entirely appropriate Christian way and squeeze them on the knee? Only in 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 an appropriate way. Could you um, swap clothes if it was appropriate? Well, it probably wouldn't be appropriate. Would you be able to do that? And if you've done that, you are together. If you're sitting alone, it is a not good thing for you to be alone today. That wasn't bad. You didn't do a bad job. Didn't do a bad job with that. Have you ever been in a plane? Oh, well, well, what do you like in a plane? I think you'll guess what I'm like. And you see the person coming down and you realise they're going to be sitting next to you. And you're thinking, one of two things, you're thinking, I must get that movie on and my headphones on as quickly as I can so that I, and, and not make eye contact. Um, or you're thinking, I'm going to lead them to Jesus. It seems to be you've got to be one or two or the other, one of the, one of the two, right? I really dislike preachers who get up and they say, when I flew here today, um, you know, flew here today in my private jet perhaps, when I flew from, shall we say, America, when I flew here today, uh, before the plane had even taken off, I had led my seatmate to Jesus. And then as we took off, there was a bit of a wobble and the lady behind and I, and I reached back to her and we held hands and, you know, kind of, and, and I led her to Jesus. And then the steward came down the aisle and I saw written across his head, um, uh, lost and lonely. So I said, you seem lost and lonely. And he broke down. And before I knew it, I was flying that plane, healing the pilot on the way. And we landed and we all sang Kumbaya. It had to be. Had to be. Oh, we're all too old. No, we're not all too old. Some people don't know Kumbaya. You don't get that, do you? Oh, you kind of do. Oh, there you go. 
I'm not, I'm not like that at all. I, I hate that. I'm one of the people who, who make, don't make eye contact and put my headphones on, and the last thing I want to do is share Jesus with someone on a plane. It's a terrible thing to admit, I know. I, we were, Fran and I were flying through India, I can tell her, because she's in Wellington doing a retreat, doing a retreat this weekend. And we're flying, flying in India, sorry, and um, we're flying from Calcutta to Nagaland, and, um, and we happened to be both in seats behind each other, both in middle seats, though, so we both had two people on each side. And I'm doing my, you know, I don't want to make eye contact. This is, this, this is a great story for her, a terrible story for me. Um, and I can hear her behind me chatting to the person next door, chatting to the person next door. Turns out the one, I can't remember the story on one side, but the story on the other side was, was a young army man who was flying to Nagaland where there's a lot of unrest and the Indian army's not seen necessarily as being all that favourable and, he, and he's um, sort of sharing his heart with her all of a sudden and sort of it's like, you know, I can almost feel her reaching out and hold his hand and praying for him and stuff like that and I'm just thinking, oh, you know, page 63, you know, kind of, I, I, just, I just want to read. Introverts, I guess, and extroverts, those sorts of people. It is a really interesting thing and so we're in a... a, a a series where it's pretty uncomfortable perhaps for some introverts and we're calling it Fano. we're calling it a, a celebration of family. We started out a couple of weeks ago in Franchette on Fathers and then we moved on last week with Tawaka McLeod who came and, and shared really on our bicultural journey and, and our Fano in a big sense and, and what a wonderful day that was um, for us as a church I think. And today I'm going to talk about togetherness next week. I'm not going to move you at all next week. So those who think I'm not, never going to go back there um, because they might make me do something like that, I won't move you because we're speaking about respect next week. So I will res <laughs> respect your private space next week. You go and be a little introvert over there in your corner if you like to. I always think I'm an introvert. If you ever see me alone, you're always welcome to come and talk to me. But never come and talk to me because you feel sorry for me being alone. You've just got to know I will be being very happy <laughs> as an introvert all alone. But you are always welcome. And then the last Sunday, we are going to be doing, we're calling it Celebration. It's going to be, a, we're going to have our youth and our kids in and we're, we're going to end with some sort of an international meal, which you're going to bring. You know, kind of, it's going to be a potluck thing. And we want you to bring, you know, what's closest to home for you. And that might be very, I don't know, English or European or Kiwi or it might be Asian or wherever you come from, wherever your roots are, it would be great to be able to share some of those things on the, line, on, on the way. You see, togetherness seems to be this incredible biblical concept. You don't see it as a word often in the Bible, but it seems to resonate right through the whole of the Scriptures. Um, in Genesis 2.18, it says... Um, that didn't go, Rihanna, but you might need to follow me through if you could. Um, in Genesis 2.18, it says, It is not good for man to be alone. We know this is the creation story. We know, you know, dust of the ground, breath of God. Um, God looks at his magnificent creation and, and concludes that it's actually this person, this wasn't meant to be alone. And, and, and so, you know, out of the rib and all of this sort of thing. And we have the beginning of what is a biblical pattern of togetherness is a really important thing. We move on to um, Ecclesiastes, and it talks about um, in the, in the um, a, a, a passage that's often talked about in a wedding ceremony, that two are better than one because they have good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. 
but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up and a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. It may well be talking about coupling up and all of that sort of thing, but I think there's a principle there that we, that we would we'd do well to be aware of. Togetherness is a really important. The, the person sitting next to you at the moment who you may or may not even know the name of is important in your life, whether you yet realize it or not. And Jesus didn't, he said, you know, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. We often quote it. Is he with us when we're alone? Of course he's with us when we're alone. But it does seem that somehow when we are able to come together, be together, that there's something that, that, that pleases the heart of God somewhere along the way whenever we manage to be together. Togetherness is a really important thing. If you follow theology a little bit, um, there's a word that's new, newish to me for the last five years or so. Um, called perichoresis. Perichoresis comes from two Greek words. Uh, one is peri, which means around. The other is um, korean, but perichoresis, when brought together to give way or make room. And, and the way that the theologians talk about this is it's a picture of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in their togetherness. And they, they sometimes talk about it as the divine dance. They sometimes talk about it as the way that, you know, kind of each member of the Trinity, of the Godhead, um, makes way for the other, is moving around because God is creative in, in heart. And so working around, and some of those who sort of perhaps um, take the theology a little further talk about it, and, and there's an invitation to us into being in this divine work of God and this, and this moving around. Um, and it's a wonderful sort of sense of God being one, being together, being three in one, but being together and, and working through these things. You know, alternatively, so, so there's something powerful about us being all together, I think. There's something powerful about us actually being able to feel each other's presence next to us, even as we sit. But not so much that, because you don't feel that in a bus or you don't feel that in a plane, do you? You don't normally feel that or often feel that. But, but there's something more so in, in, in being of one heart that seems to be pleasing to God, that seems to be bringing God into, into the whole picture as we go. On the other hand, I've never really seen anybody who's ever done well alone as a Christian. You know, never seen anyone really who's sort of, who, doesn't get, who, who isn't in church, or at least isn't in fellowship in some way. You know, kind of, I, I think because the church is sort of, I don't know, hypocritical or corrupt or didn't, you know, let me down or something like that. You know, and lots of reasons that people feel hurt by church, and I certainly don't want to, don't want to negate those things. But I've never seen anybody actually run that route and, and do it well. You know, we've all got we've all got a kind of a great grandfather or something like that who smoked twenty a day for sixty five years, never had an ill day in his life. Finally died when he fell off a horse when he was ninety eight on the back of the farm or something like that. We can all justify smoking in some way because we all know somebody like that who never got lung cancer. But in all my years as a Christian, I've never observed, and I've and I've looked because I've seen a lot of people who go out of togetherness. And do really well. Oh, they, you know, kind of, they were in church and then they left church and boy, they've done so well. Wasn't it great that they were out of, out of community and out of fellowship? It hasn't happened in my experience. It may have in yours. There's a Maori word called uh, paihiri uh, and it means to bind or bundle together. Um, it's sort of used with sticks. It's, uh, you know, kind of one stick's easy to break. 
but a multiplicity of sticks bound together is impossible to break. And it does feel like, you know, if we could be bound together in some way. Um, Māori Language Week, obviously, um, this week, and and wasn't it fantastic to have a sort of an introduction in some ways to a bicultural journey, which some of you will be on as as individuals, and some of you will be on in your workplaces and and, and whatever, through schools or whatever. But for us as a church to to begin to see it, we we had lunch with Tawaka afterwards, and she told me here, she said, she said, this is, a, this is a great church. I said, well, why do you see that? She said, often when I speak, she said, I, I don't get a smile. I don't get, a, I don't get a, any sort of you know, response. I kind of get resistance. I feel resistance. She said, in this church, there is a sense that, that, that you're open to, to a journey, to something. I think, well, well done. She, did, she didn't say that to us as a church. I think, well done, Shaw Vineyard. That's something fantastic. Together, we can walk forward in something as we explore something. So often in Christianity, we use the word unity. So a message like this, you would use the word unity. And I deliberately didn't want to sort of, you know, six or eight weeks ago when we talked about the series and we were thinking what we'd do in the series. Because I think for today, at least, it's a biblical word. So I'm I'm certainly not saying unity is a bad word to use. But I think for today, at least, it feels like it's a bit of a loaded word because unity might say we have to agree on everything. You know, that we might have to agree on the songs we sing or the the words we speak or the messages that we do or anything like that. Unity might say, you know, we can't be unified unless we really agree. But for me today, togetherness is helpful because it might mean that even when we don't agree on everything, we walk forward together anyway because that's what whānau is. That's what we do when we are together, that we can walk towards wherever God's leading us to despite the fact that we have some differences along the line, I think that's a very powerful thing, a very wonderful thing that we can do. Stacey Riker, who you met last week, um, uh, talking about the song Tuia, um, I I saw him a couple of weeks ago as part of the vineyard down on Romati Beach, um, and I asked him what whānau meant, and I I want to play you a clip today that he he gave that answer. So whānau for me, and as I continue to grow as as a young man, the word whānau continues to evolve for me. So whānau is, um, in its true context, it's meant the, the family, the, the pāhara kike, the, your own personal family. But for me now whānau means uh, my friends, the greater community, who I'm, whom I consider my friends and people I'm doing life with. That's what whānau means to me. Uh, so if you're watching this, um, you're my whānau. <laughs> oh yeah, what a guy. Love, love that man, and he has a lot to teach, a lot to teach me. The people we're doing life with are our whānau, he said. And we all have a, a whānau of sorts. Sometimes it's a deeply disappointing whānau, our, our own natural whānau. You know, kind of we know that life, we know that um, family situations, even extended family situations, can be very difficult. We know that, you know, kind of all of us have that odd uncle that you have to invite to Christmas dinner, eh? But, um, but you would prefer not to. All of us have sort of, you know, the person who sort of left the family and nev- never emails or never, you know, never sends anything, doesn't seem to, you know, visit the old grandparents as, as much as they should. All of us have those people in their family. All of us have some sort of interesting, you know, skeleton in our cupboard, you know, the, it used to be the, you know, kind of the illegitimate thing or something like that and, you know, sort of that we were all embarrassed about now. It's sort of just, it's always like that or something anyway. It's a, but, but families are, are interesting, uh, wonderful, you know, unpredictable mixes, aren't they? And so it comes with church whānau. You know, sort of we all have, you know, people within our context who are, who are different, who maybe we wouldn't, 
normally choose to sit shoulder to shoulder with, but somehow God puts us together. And what a magnificent thing. And it leads us into sort of concepts, the idea of, of team, the idea of we can't do it alone, the idea of selflessness, the idea of vulnerability, the idea of needing each other, even though deep in my heart I really want to be alone, that we need each other, that we know that we need each other, of feeling each other's presence. And so, you know, I get to, one of my great privileges I often think within being a pastor is, is I get to be in people's high points and their low points um, and, and a whole lot of things in between. But, you know, kind of in the high points of, you know, success in life and things that they do and, and, and um, goals that have been set and, and, and achieved and low points as they face crises and life and faith and pain and all of the things that go with actually living and being kind of in this world that we live in. And there are people, you know, in our congregation today, literally, I, I know this, who are celebrating great things that have happened to them this week and are in great pain this week because of things that have happened to them. And somehow, Fano done well will help in both those processes. That's what we're trying to see happen and grow and develop in this thing. So simply being in close physical proximity with a crowd of people, it doesn't create necessarily a feeling of togetherness. It's, it's a leaning forward together into the future that, that maybe that God has for us that does something of that, I want to suggest. So in Acts 4.32, it says, And the congregation of those who believed were of one heart and soul. One heart and soul. That's amazing. And then it goes on in that verse and it says, And not one of them claimed that anything belonging to him was his own, but all things were common property to them. And so sometimes we take the second half without the first half and we say, you know, in the book of Acts, those people were really together. They didn't claim anything. You know, we should be somehow like that. If only we could come back to that. But if I look at the beginning of that verse or the first half of that verse, it comes out of being of one heart and soul. If we could be of one heart and soul, the natural outflow of that would be whānau. The natural outflow of that would be generosity and love and goodness and kindness, I think, anyway. Togetherness, of course, can go badly wrong. Wars are started by people who are led together badly. Um, the Tower of Babel will be a biblical story of togetherness that went wrong. You know, let's be like God. We're, we're, so, we're so great. Let's build a tower that can, can reach the heavens. And it'll be amazing what we could do. Um, togetherness is, 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 is not something that just happens naturally because people are together. But when people are together and join for God's purposes, he seems to bless it. He seems to love it. And so you had in Genesis 12, the children of Israel together and, and, and um, called to, to set out to show the nature of God to the world. And they regularly failed along the way. And sometimes they succeeded and did. But they produced Jesus who showed us the way that it was to happen and the way that it, that, that it would happen. And God blessed them when they obeyed. And he disciplined them when they disobeyed. And he blessed them together and he disciplined them together. And there was something about, you know, although God is incredibly interested every hair on our head and all of this sort of thing, incredibly interested in the individual, he's also incredibly interested in us in a group and the way and who we are as a group. In Psalm 144.15 it says, Blessed is the people whose God is the Lord. Blessed is the people 
whose God is the Lord Shaw Vineyard Church. Wouldn't that be an amazing thing for us to know? And we discovered it together, and it's one of the great themes of the New Testament as well. Jesus in his long prayer, John 17, high priestly prayer sometimes it's called. He prays that his followers would be one as you and I, Father, are one. Perichoresis, as you and I, Father, are one. Let these people be one. Let them experience something of the oneness of the Godhead. Boy, that's a challenge, isn't it? But what a rewarding challenge it is. Paul then goes in in Colossians 3 into very practical terms on this. He says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, and he gives us four things. He says, Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. I've been thinking about this thing, clothe yourselves with, put on, clothe yourselves with. You know, if it's really hot, the only reason really that we wear clothes, isn't it, is for for dignity and decency for the person who's not with us. Because if we were alone, that we do. But it's really for the other, isn't it? We clothe ourselves with the other person more than we clothe ourselves for ourselves. And so we have to put on. Why, why do we have compassion? Oh, you can have compassion on yourself. But why do we have compassion? We really have compassion for the person who we're going to minister compassion to. Why are we kind? You never say to a recluse, boy, that's a really kind recluse. You know, because you're only, you're only kind when you share kindness. Oh, that person's really kind. It's when, it's when they've given kindness. Um, humility, gentleness. You can only be gentle to somebody else. I guess you can be gentle to yourself, but you can only really be gentle to someone else. And patience. You can, you, you, you can only be patient to someone else. So we clothe ourselves, we put on these clothes of these things so that we can share it. And that creates togetherness, whānau. And then he goes on, bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. And all of a sudden we think, hey, this isn't going to be all sort of, you know, kind of wonderful and celebratory and, you know, how fantastic it is to be a church together. We just never disagree. But apparently we've got to bear with each other because some of us are going to be idiots. Some of us are going to disappoint us. Not you, but the guy next to you. Something like it's going to be going to let the team down somewhere along the way. Somehow we're going to have to bear with each other. Bear with each other. And then it goes on. You know, I skipped over the forgiveness, but it gets us in the next line. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. That's very Sermon on the Mount, isn't it? Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Apparently, we're going to be offended along the way in such a way that it's going to call on us to be forgiving or not forgiving. And when we're forgiving, it's together. And when we're not forgiving, it's not together. And it seems like the blessing of God will be on those as we forgive. And then finally says, and over all these virtues, it's like, you mean there's something bigger than that? Well, maybe there is. Over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. What a magnificent thing it is. What a magnificent concept. Is it easy? Heck no, it's not easy. But is it worth pursuing? Is it worth focusing for a month on? Is it worth sort of having an idea that it would be important for us to be together? Oh, I think so. I really do think so. It's a really significant thing for us to do along the way. And against this, Jesus warned, you know, the kingdom that's divided against itself will not stand, that sort of thing um, from Matthew chapter 12. And so the stakes are actually quite high. It's quite high. And so as we come to a conclusion today, I thought, well, you know, kind of, look, so, okay, so great theory. I think it's a great theory. I hope it's a great theory. Smile if you think it's a great theory. That'll be great. Excellent. Excellent. So how could we outwork this? Well, I loved that Stanley said, hey, meet that person next to you and find out their name. Chances are that you are now sitting next to someone or someone in front of you, someone behind you, and and you won't know their name. Why? Because you'll probably know the name of the people that you often sit next to, um, but you're now being forced 
forced to know someone else's name. So that'd be a really good idea, wouldn't it, to actually know their name? Because there's something important in a name. There's something important when you remember it next week and say, you know, you were Angela, weren't you? I remember talking to you last week. That was great. What a wonderful thing. A simple thing, really, but a really important thing. And then we could plunge a little later, and I, I sort of, in my, in my thinking through this thing, I thought, wouldn't it be great if, what, say, everybody in our whānau invited somebody else in our whānau in the next two weeks, because that's the end of September, the end of whānau month. We can go back to normal in October. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just keep it up. Keep up appearances, okay? If we do this, all right, we can tick that box. What if everybody invited somebody to some sort of so social connection? You know, hey, we both live, in, we both work in Takapuna. Why don't we? Why don't we have coffee at lunchtime or something like that? Well, wouldn't that be a great thing? Or, you know, wouldn't you know it? You know, kind of our, you know, our kids are the same age. Do you want to? You know, do you want to? Let's, let's combine them. This, you know, you know, let's get them together at some stage. You know, hey, you know. I've never heard your story, really. You know, do you want to come around for oh, daylight saving in two weeks' time? Let's do a, a Sunday night, Monday night, or something like that, and do a barbecue and celebrate the summer. And we know that it'll bucket down with rain and stuff like that, but we're <laughs> going to have this experience together. Wouldn't it be great? Now, you might not get invited by anybody, but you would have a social connection because you, you will invite, if you invited. So, chances are somebody will say yes. And the chances are you'll have a social connection and the chances are you'll be together. What else? We plunge a little deeper. Ask a next level question. You know, I can talk for an hour about the Springboks and All Blacks. I can... I can more than an hour. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Thank, thanks for that. So shall I... Shall I do it then? Was that, was that an art? So the first series between the All Blacks and the Springboks was in 1921. It was a drawn series. We won one, lost one, and then and the last game was drawn. Second series was in 1928, two wins each. So and on and on it went from there. South Africa and their cheating refs. <laughs> when the, 1995, lost the World Cup final. South Africa and their cheating refs. All of those sorts of things. Oh, oh sorry. Oh, oh the pain. The pain. So I can talk about that, but that's pretty irrelevant at the end of the day to everyone except me. But a next level question would be a great thing to do. You know, so how exactly are you about all of those defeats that you've had to South Africa forever? You know, <laughs> would be a wonderful thing for us to do. But to deliberately ask a next level question is a really good thing. And then the last thing I kind of think of, and I, I know I say this quite often, it's always my fourth point, so I run out of things to say. I've got to do a fourth point because I don't want to do three points because it's so 1990s. Three point sermons, is it? <laughs> Would be to say yes. Say yes. Come to our pub quiz that's not a pub quiz. Bring your own wine. Okay. <laughs> Come, instead of saying, I don't, I don't really like pub quizzes. It's like, that's not the point. We love Derek, and if you didn't know Derek, you would have loved him, I can guarantee you, if you'd known him. Come, 
You know, bring food, cook on Saturday and, and come and enjoy a meal together on the, on the last day of our whānau series on the 30th in, in two weeks. Say yes, find reasons to say yes. And I think togetherness follows. Thanks so much for listening. We do hope you enjoyed it. If you would like in any way to interact with that, if you'd like to make contact with me, I'd love to hear from you. My email address is vic at sbc.org.nz. Alternatively, if you'd like to be part of our Shore Vineyard Fano, either for a one-off or on a more regular basis, we meet at 10 o'clock and 6 o'clock every Sunday, 252 Forest Hill Road, and you get the whole church experience. Then you're able to have your kids in our children's program, your youth in our youth program, and you get worship and all the other things that are so important as part of church. So keep in touch, uh, continue to listen if you'd like to on the podcast, uh, on our website svc.org.nz, maybe even look at some of the other things that we're doing. So God bless you, it's been our privilege to connect with you in this way.